All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We're watching Leafs Morning Tape with host Nick Alberga and former NHLer Jay Rosehill. The show starts now. Ladies and gentlemen, it took four games, four games, and Jay Rosell is fucking broken. It's the Friday edition of Least Morning Take. Nick Alberga and Jay Rosa with you. Plenty ahead here over the next 45 minutes. So recap the Panthers game. We'll look ahead to the Tampa game at the Emily Arena on Saturday as a uh, say hello to my co-host here who is in a mood today. How are you, buddy? I'm not broken. I'm just a little annoyed. I'm annoyed. <laughs> That's the best word. That's the best word to describe your feeling after whatever that was last night. Yeah, it was. I don't know. I'm sitting here trying to think of what we're doing for this show. And it's just like, I don't even know, man. Like the inconsistency. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to expect. And I don't know what to say. It's yeah, it's tough. So we're going to we're gonna dissect all of it. We got Frankie <laughs> Corrado from TSN coming up in about uh, 20 from now. We're going to get his thoughts on that. There's a bunch of glaring issues with this team right now. Certainly, when it comes to the back end, defensively, some of the new guys really not stepping up so far. But again, a reminder, it is very early on in this process, just four games into this season. The chat is lively as per usual. We love this and people are fired up and just getting the pulse of social media last night. People are in a bad way right now. Again, it just speaks to this market. It speaks to the value of this market, the pressures in this market on a daily basis. At the Leafs Nation 401, where you could subscribe if you're in a chat right now, tell us where you're you're watching or listening from or your thoughts on this team so far, your thoughts in the game last night at the Leafs Nation 401, or you can search Leafs Morning Take wherever you find your podcasts and we'll pop up. I think we should start with this one. Um, Dmitry Kulikov, you get a chance to see this on Willie Nylander last night. And I thought you were the perfect guy to ask how you felt about the reaction to this. So to paint a picture, Rosie, it was 2 nothing in the game and Nylander and Kulikov sort of go into the corner 
And this is what transpired. What do you make of this? Am I making too much about this, Rosie? So there's the initial one. We can watch the replay here. But Kulikov sort of dumps <clears throat> Nylander. And uh, last time I checked, Nylander's a star player on this team, right? Yeah, he gives him a shot. You kind of miss it there. It's uh, You're engaged in a... Yeah. He pushed him. Oh, he definitely pushed him. You're allowed to push in the NHL, Nick. But it's back's turned. He's off. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's one of the plays that really bothers me. Usually it's a defenseman, shoulder checks, going into a puck battle, turning one way, clearly he's getting angled off by a forward, and then just cranks it backwards as he feels pressure and gets buried from behind and then yard sales his gloves and shit and is like, what is that? That's so cheap. It's like, you idiot. You put yourself in that position. I That's more of a battle. He's a little off balance. Like, Dude, like his hands are on the top of his pants. They're not like he kind of pushed. I think uh, it's not as bad as I thought. Sorry, like sorry, Nylander. Like it was. It's not a dangerous play. Nylander was kind of in a bad spot and in a off balance, and he fell down into the boards. Like it wasn't. If he popped up and kept skating and grinding for that puck, we wouldn't even be talking about this. But he lays there. He's completely fine because he's right out there on the peeper after. Ah, just kind of an unfortunate little play. I, I don't think it was dirty. It's, it's like a little, look how hard he pushes him. It's not that hard, man. He just, he just got hands on his back and Nylander's kind of off balance and falls forward. I, I don't hate it personally. What was your take? No, that's fair. I think you're the voice of reason. That's why I want to ask you, you played in this league and it was just more so the reaction. Like nobody reacted. Nobody even, nobody even went near Dmitry Kulikov, even to nudge him. And then, and that was my bigger issue. Like we've been told for months now, it's a different team. They got Ryan Reeves. They got some edge. They got some snarl. Tyler Bertuzzi, I know he's banged up. We're going to get into that too. But like Max Domi, we thought he had edge. And I don't know how much different I've seen this team play in the first couple games. Again, very early. I'm not going to be that guy who goes off the edge today. I just can't do it. I I prepared all of you, including you, Rosie, for the month of October. This is what they do. So I'm not going to be that guy who goes off the edge. But I just think shit like that needs to be rectified. And mate, call me old school. And again, it's... It, it speaks volumes. You played in this league. You played that type of role, and you're saying there's nothing to it. I'm guessing they they felt the same way on that bench because nobody did shit about it. Nobody even skated near the guy. So, yeah, maybe they thought the same thing. Maybe yeah. I don't know, but it would be nice to see like a Max Domi take an opportunity. Whether it doesn't even have to be justified. Sure, yeah, yeah, you almost hurt our star guy. You could have gone and grabbed the guy and said, "Hey, you want this or what? You don't put up that shit and grab him by the scruff of the neck and say, let's go or." you're going to get it or just start a scrum, start face washing them, whatever. It'd be a good time for Domi to be like, Hey guys, I'm here. Remember? Like I'm, I'm here. I'm on the team too. I'm, I'm going to try to do something here because obviously not a whole lot else is working for him. I haven't noticed him a whole lot. Um, Sure. That would have been great, but he didn't do it. And I'm not going to crucify anyone for it. I didn't think it was that big of a play, but there is a lot of uh, quite a few guys on the team, especially some, some new players who could take the opportunity to, you know, show something more to show that they care, that they're here, that they're willing, that they're, yeah. they're different. And it hasn't really happened, but you know, I'm trying to manage my, uh, I'm not down on them on like crazy. They're 500 right now. <clears throat> Thing with me is if they started the game, shit, if they started the year, no good. Like the last two games were the first two games of the year. And everyone was on them and what the hell's going on. And then they kind of rectified it. And then their first two games were the last two games. And, you know, we have a big win against Montreal and, and smoke uh, Minnesota, you know, then every, uh, our show would be completely different today. Right. Yeah. So the timing of it is, is the only thing that matters. Like, no, they're 500. If they started 0 and 2 and 
and tied it up right now, we'd be going, oh, we're rolling, baby. This team's looking good. This is uh, those two games were a hiccup, but because they just happened the last two games, now we're all freaking out. So you got to keep things in perspective. It's 500. It is October. They have a, a habit of, I still don't understand how different players in the same Jersey can be the same pattern in the month of October, but yet that it's not proven yet. It's October 20th. They're 500 time will tell, but again, it's just, you just don't know what to expect. And it is frustrating at times with this team and they're still looking to find their identity and bring the same thing every night. It reminds me of the classic Jay Rosso quote, someone fucking do something, right? The expletive is in there. So that's why I'm saying, I know people hate it when we swear on this podcast sometimes, but the expletive it's routine. It's in there. It reminds me a lot about that, but I should tell you this brought to you by DoorDash. It's time for the appetizer. Thanks to DoorDash. You don't have to worry about cooking dinner or running to the store anymore. For a limited time, our listeners slash viewers can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of uh, $15 or more. Excuse me. When you download the the DoorDash app, enter code NATION25. That's NATION25, uppercase for NATION25. Please note that the offer is currently only valid in Canada, subject to change and terms apply. So why do the Leafs always get goalied? Like, is it a lazy excuse? Because Bobrovsky, again, was a story. I'm seeing graphics today. The guy's 5-1 and one in the last six outings against the Leafs. Got like a 950 save percentage. But why do the Leafs always get goalied? Or does this happen across the league? And we're just talking about it because it's the Leafs. Hmm. Good question. That would be something for a stats guy to crunch. I don't know. Uh... Like with all the firepower that we have, you would think that goaltenders save percentage would be a little bit lower against a team that's super high octane offense. Yeah, we do seem to get snake bitten, goalied. Um, Why would that be, man? I don't. It's weird. It's weird. It is is weird. But Browski's a phenomenal goalie. Um, Why our guys can't solve them? It's just sometimes you watch the Leaf, not all the time. Sometimes you watch the Leaf and just think, this team's never going to lose again. And then sometimes you watch them and just be like, there's just this glass wall in front of them where goals and finished plays just aren't able to exist. And you're just waiting for it to happen. And the time just runs out. And I don't really know what that is or why that is. I'm sure they feel it. I'm sure they're frustrated, but yeah, like just looking at the game, you, you they're almost like looking at each other going like, what the hell? Like, why can't we score? And it's, it's so I weird. don't know the answer, man. Dude, that first period, <laughs> I didn't know how to react. Like the last five minutes of the first period, I thought it was an okay start, you know, for a road game, the home opener. Uh, you're probably still hung over from the Halloween party the other night. And then they fell apart in the last five minutes of the first period. That cost them the game. Two goals and 245 from Kevin Stenlin and Oliver Ekman Larson. This isn't Matthew Kachuk. It isn't Sam Reinhardt. It isn't Gustav Forsling. It's those two guys who are like, depth guys on the Florida Panthers and that's what stung the most is like it had that country club feel and watching the replays of these goals like just shots on net obviously Sammy was screened he wasn't the big issue for me last night but it's like where's the intensity where's the urgency where's the pace have we ever seen that from this team before Rosie yeah yes we have (laughs) it's uh yeah it's frustrating like when you get a shift you know it's supposed to be like a 50 second shift and it's supposed to be super dialed, super intense, super structured, and then get the hell off. Like boom, boom, boom. You're out there to do, you know, a very intense, very fast game, very heavy pace, boom, boom, always on. And sometimes they just, they kind of look like they're spinning around like, Oh, what? Oh, who's, Oh shit. Oh, oh." and it's kind (laughs) of like, dude, you're out there, you know, take a 
take a mental break on the bench. And again, we're so close to it. We're hard on the Leafs. Yeah. Um, we follow with a magnifying glass. I get it. There's not a team in the league that you you could do this to. You, you wouldn't find those little things and those little hiccups, um, especially in a 500 team. You know, do we wish we were up there with the Vegas Knights right now and the Colorado Avalanche? Of course. But it's just not what's going on right now. They're going to figure out why. And the, the, my biggest frustration with this team is, is the why is kind of, it's kind of an unknown all the time. It's like, why is that happening? And it's like, there's not a clear answer. If it's just like, if it's a clear and obvious answer, it's an easy fix, but it's not because I don't know, they must go through their video and it's just a collective mindset thing that sometimes they go brain dead for a little while. Like you said, two, two goals in a couple of minutes in the end of a period is just unacceptable for a championship winning team. You can't do that. They all know that yet it happens. And that's kind of the game. And like you say, you get goalied and you just don't, your firepower isn't there. You don't have guys scoring at will. Like they're kind of supposed to, like they're expected to, and you just, yeah. their time runs out and you lose the game by one. Empty net or whatever. Cons- but yeah. yeah. The concern for me is more like we've seen that episode in the Stanley cup playoffs. Like I I'm totally with you. It's game four, like shit, like you're going to have nights like that, but it just, to me, it sets the table for what's to come. Because we saw that second round against Florida specifically where like they, they, it was, it was tough luck. The first two games where they probably should have had better fate. They lose. And then like game three, they didn't show up. Like it, it brought back PTSD. It was the same opponent. There was no bite. Like there was like, you're telling me you're a different team. And I just saw one team last night for the majority willing to muck it up with, with half the roster not playing, by the way, no Sam Bennett, no Montour. No Ekblad. I mean, the list goes on and on of Panthers who were in that series who didn't have any impact in the game last night whatsoever. weren't even there on the ice. They were like doing the the what's it called the um, they're batting the drum at the beginning of the game. Like they're they getting the crowd going. Like that's all they were doing. And that's the type of effort you come out with in the first half of that game. Like it it really makes you scratch your head. Is this team any different? I know it's early, but it really makes me scratch my head. It's early, and they're only <clears throat> you know a couple games removed from, from playing pretty good hockey. Like, uh, like I said, if they started the last two games and finished in the first two games, and those are the most recent ones, we'd be having a different conversation yet. The the finish is the same, but it's almost like, like you say, when they start the game and, and, and Florida's mucking and grinding and battling with that little snarl on their face, it's like the Leafs don't have that a lot of the time and it's you know it's almost like they're just expecting like someone else to do it like their team is is really high they're end looking on around. The, looking on the top six yeah. and they're just kind of like well old johnny t is going to kind of take care of it. well austin matthews is going to have three tonight like i'm just going to kind of go out there and hopefully something you know good happens on my shift but like someone else is going to kind of like take over this game like it's not me and it's like everyone's kind of looking at that mindset and it's and then nothing happens and like as a fan watching you're yelling at the team saying somebody do something there it is yeah because they're all just kind of doing it going through the motions and yeah it's just odd because like don't you want that it's the funnest thing in the world is to play on a team where you just go out and buzz and everyone has that snarl 
And everyone's like, I'm getting it tonight. No, I'm getting it tonight. No, no, I'm getting it tonight. And you all go out there and you're just buzzing. And every Sally is just like jumping into each other's arms. You're buzzing the bench going, woo! And everyone's going, yay! And you guys are just so cocky and so confident. And you're buzzing. You're going, get me out there. Like, fucking, when's the line change? I want it. I want you're throwing your leg over the bench going, me, 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 me. And you're just buzzing. And it is the funnest goddamn thing in the world. And these guys just kind of seem like they're looking around going, well... I don't know what's, should I, I'm a, oh, I should go into the corner there and battle that. And it, you're just like, come on, dude, like go more, more, more. I want more. And it's palpable. You can see it. And yeah. it's a problem in the league, I believe, because it's kind of soft plays. Lots of teams are going through it. I mean, look at Vancouver and look at the different, look at Winnipeg, look at the different, uh, you know, coaching post game interviews. And it's just like, this is soft. This is low percentage plays. This is no urgency. It's all those buzzwords that coaches use. Why do you think they use it all the time? Because it's so obvious when you watch, you're like, you're not doing anything hard. You're not, you're not in that zone at all. You're not grinding and mucking and desperation hockey at all. You're going through the motions and the Leafs are as guilty as those other teams right now. And you need to find a way to nip that in the butt and bring your best stuff every night. You know who doesn't play like that? Uh, I was joking with you guys off air, like the Colorado Avalanche. I know it's the fifth and final game of Chicago's road trip, but it was like watching an NHL team and an ECHL team last night. Like that was the disparity in talent, hunger. You want to talk about hunger? Watch an Avalanche game. Watch Nathan McKinnon play hockey, dude. The guy is so tenacious. Uh, He's so intense and it trickles down the roster. Like those guys... I love how you said that, man. They're like antsy. They're jonesing to get over the boards to fucking do something where it's like the Leafs. Again, I'm not shitting on the team because I think they're a great team and they're a great regular season team. But that hunger, it's not there like the winning teams in this league. Like even Tampa, we're going to see Tampa tomorrow. Does Tampa have any business winning a couple games to start this year without the best goaltender in the planet? They have a fucking, they have the worst goaltender in the league with all due respect to Jonas Johansson. I guess that's disrespect. He is the worst goalie in the NHL right now, statistically over the last five years. They're still winning games with this guy. If that was the Leafs, I just don't know if it would be the same thing where guys are picking up their game. I watch a team like the Colorado Avalanche, and again, it's a bit different. I watch a team like the Avs. They just step up, man. They, they know how to find it, and the Leafs often are looking for it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's uh, You try to find these descriptive words and phrases to to talk about what you see out there, and that that's definitely it. It's like a like a body language and a facial expression and an attitude, and it shows up Swagger. in your actions and you're you're battling out there. And they just they they just kind of half they're half hearted sometimes. Yeah. Like they go into a corner for a free puck and they kind of go in and kind of look kind of worried and half committed to it. And oh, where's this? As opposed to just, I don't give a rip. I got my blinders on. I'm flying mm-hmm. in there like a bulldog and I'm taking that thing and I'm absolutely spinning out of the corner and I'm finding a guy and I'm snapping a hard pass and bang it back door and big Sally, like just make it happen. And they kind of are half hearted about it. And that's my thing with, if I'm coaching this team, it's not an X's and O's Oh, we need to change our system. It's, it's not like watching videos. It's not like, Oh, we need to change the, we need to change the line combinations and -and so-and-so needs to play with this guy. It's a collective sit down and listen for a sec. And whether you need to do team building exercises or bag skates or 
get them together more often at someone's house or do something like they have to come together and have an identity of we know what we're doing tonight. We're all on the same page and we all get it. We all get it. The Colorado Avalanche right now, they just get it. They get Mm -hmm. out there. They know what to do. They know how to win. They have that ability and they make it happen. The Leafs have yet to learn that. It's been a long time since they had that. It's not something that's as easy as I'm making it out to be. You don't snap your fingers and do it, but collectively as, as a 20 guys on the ice, if you all have that mindset, if you have a little bit of talent, you'll be a good team. They just have to find that mindset. And again, it's not an X's and O's thing, really. It's 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 how you uh, approach the game. And you can see it. It's kind of dipping their toe in, half in, straddling the line. They're not all in. And it's just, it's, it's, it's obvious when you watch. Which is ironic because I think there was an Amazon series that my voice was included in a couple of years ago. And I think it was called All In. So. All or Nothing. All or nothing, excuse me. You know the name of it, and I was in it. So there you go. You clearly <laughs> watched you- that during the pandemic. But I think a lot of people in the chat at the Leafs Nation 401 are using some really good buzzwords, character, word mentality, stuff like that. But I, I'm so fatigued talking about that, man. Like, I'm way past it, dude. Way past it. Like, if you can't get the gumption, I love that word, gumption. I know Darren Pang uses it quite a bit. I don't know what to tell you. Ultimately... This is the make or break year. I said it last year. I would have made the change last year. It ain't If it ain't working with this core four in the playoffs, uh, again, I'm going to give them the, the benefit of the doubt in the regular season. We all know what's going to happen. They're going to be okay in October. I think they're going to go in a heater of the century in November because they do this every year, and the stats would show us the last like three, four, five years. But it's all about the playoffs for me. And if they can't make it work, if they can't play the style that I think is entertaining and makes a lot of sense and works, then it's time to rip one of these guys off the roster. Maybe it's going to be hand, handed to them with Nylander. Yeah. I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. Uh, we talked about that after their loss in the playoffs. We talked about it at the draft and at free agency. And, you know, and, you know, do we keep Dubis and, and lose Keefe? I wasn't, I thought that was going to be the way they go at the end yeah. of the season. They went the opposite way. Okay. Um <laughs> I well, just wonder how long True Living's going to hold up. Like I, you know, regardless of the extension for Keith, I don't think his job's safe. Like if they see, and again, there's a lot of people who are still in this organization. If they see this rodeo again for the next six weeks or whatever it is, I, I wonder if they pull the trigger. I just don't know if they want to deal with that type of atmosphere again, where it's like country club feel. We're not finishing our checks. Again, I, I thought it was tough to see last night. A, f- a wounded Florida team coming off a lengthy run in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and they were ready to crash and bang and and go through a wall for their teammates. I'm sorry, I didn't see that from the Leafs last night for the most part. A couple guys like Gio, Gio just plays that with that edge, that bite. He's 40, though. I mean, he's 40. And if it's a 40-year-old who's your best player, your most physical player, there's an issue for him. Yeah, there sure is. And, uh, you know, Maybe I, I don't want to do the frustration again. I don't want to do yeah. this conversation every friggin' day until the playoffs where they kind of go in and show flashes of it. And other times show that other team that's just flat and then they lose in five games and Oh my God, starting from scratch. I don't want to do that, man. Yeah. And I hope that tree being as he's kind of a little fresher to it. If, if they do this for six weeks and I wouldn't mind seeing a big change, but again, again, we're going down this road and I don't like it because they've they're 500 and they just dropped a couple of games, but yeah. let's just hypothetically, if, if they continue to show this same 
frustrating skating in mud play where nothing's really happening. And you're like, are you guys a good team or not? I wouldn't mind a, a good change. And if it's comes from moving a big name player somehow and putting together a big deal where we're getting, you know, a, just changing the look of the team, like a big stud defenseman. Yeah. Who's, they need that. You know, a guy that controls the play that you can lean on that's out there in the last few minutes of every period, who's rock solid, who breaks up plays like crazy, who's hard to penetrate, hard to play against. Guys don't want to go in front of the net. Guys don't want to go into the corner. He's poised with the puck. He makes smart plays. He's in, like that guy could just change the way these guys play hockey. And that could happen. Um, I don't want to get rid of Willie Nylander. Um, I think he's, he buzzes and and he's yeah. shows up in the playoffs and it's a long ways away to talk about the playoffs right now. It is, it is, but I, I don't want to go down the same road. I'm the same as you. I'm exhausted about talking about the same crap and it's frustrating because you can't quite put your finger on it and you, you expect them to be better, but sometimes they aren't and you want them to do X and sometimes they show it. And I don't know, you go in circles. I think I'm, you know, I don't want to say I'm all frustrated and it's October yeah. 20th, but you want something to change. You want them to have an identity. At least you can handle losing some games. They're not all going to go your way. You're going to get goalied. But when it's so Jekyll and Hyde, sometimes it's just like, how does that happen? How does that happen? And why isn't their identity a little bit more solid? And why don't they know who they are a little bit more? And it's early in the season and it is kind of a new roster and you got to wait for some guys to get buzzing, I guess. But I just don't want the same story. I really don't. Me neither. Uh, let's get a, a change of perspective, a different perspective at that. Let's bring in today's guest uh, from TSN, former Toronto Maple Leafs defender. It is uh, Frankie Corrado. Frankie, how are you, buddy? Happy Friday. Are we overreacting? Are we doing the classic Leafs media right now? No, I don't think you're overreacting. I think any anyone who's watching the games is saying, well, what's changed, right? We brought in some different guys. It was in hopes of changing the complexion of the team. You're seeing a lot of the same stuff. And I understand it's going to take time to kind of transform the way this team does things on a game-to-game basis, the mindset. Um, Rosie, I heard you talking about like the identity of this team just not being defined yet. I think those are all valid points. And I think a lot of Leafs Nation would agree with you. And I don't think it's an overreaction. So do you think you could go to like, you go through the standings and it's like, why am I looking at the standings? There's teams played three and four games, you know, it's kind of silly, but when you go through the league, it's probably a good chance that there's multiple teams that are in the same boat that are still figuring out who they are and drop a couple weird games and don't quite have the jam and you could pick them apart, but we're following the Leafs. So is that the problem? Like, are we the, the magnifying glass that's picking this team apart or is it legit? Is it, these guys should be better. This should be clicking a little bit more or again, it's, it's, is it an overreaction or is it reality? I said this a lot last year for a team that has Stanley cup aspirations. And a lot of people consider Stanley cup contenders, man, there's a lot of issues with that roster. And it's crazy to think that way because they truly are going to be a playoff team. They're going to have a great regular season. Even with a slow start, I have no doubt about that. But you can nitpick a number of different issues with this roster and they'd still be valid. Okay. Like I always said leading up to this year, the second line left wing situation was going to be an issue for that team because that's an incomplete line. It still is an issue. And now the third line, because of that, lacks an identity. 
And we saw last night Fraser Minton, who's playing third line center, get moved down to the fourth line. David Camp is not exactly a great third line center. Oh, and by the way, your fourth line's getting caved in every time they're on the ice, regardless of, you know, that line maybe having a little bit of jam and what Reeves brings to the table as far as his physicality and chirping guys on the bench, all that kind of stuff. So that's just up front, and those are valid. Then on the back end, you think about the fact that Morgan Riley. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Rosie, you played with him. He didn't have a number one guy to play with when, when you were there, when I was there. He still doesn't have that like right shot D-man who can play with him night in and night out and really be that true number one pairing that goes out there and munches 22 to 25 minutes in all situations. So there's an issue. Now you've added in John Klingberg, who I can appreciate the fact that they wanted a little more offensive pop on the blue line. So I get that. The problem is they just don't have, like they don't have the guys that can kind of be those big, rugged, you know, break up cycles, cross check guys in front of the net, win, lose puck battles. They're just, they, they don't have that, the box outs, like, so there's a number of issues that way. And then you get into the net and you're like, Hey, Ilya Samsonov did a good job last year. He played actually pretty good game last night, I thought. Uh, but you got, you know, somewhat of an unproven guy in him and, and Joseph Wall, who's, you know, just getting his feet wet in the NHL, but they still remain a team that's going to make the playoffs. And a team that, you know, has Stanley Cup aspirations. It's crazy to me, but that's how much offensive firepower they do have within the top two lines. It is a reality. A couple of things that stood out for me last night, too, boys. Like, it's like the same old story. Uh, 11 of the 14 goals have been scored by the core four, right? Like, we're having that conversation again. The bottom six really not producing, but... I'm happy you brought up the name John Klingberg, man, because uh, the more and more I watch, and again, he is not the same guy we saw with the Dallas Stars X amount of years ago. 
might as well just put him at wing. Like he, he, dude, he doesn't play defense and he got worked. Like, I know it's the fourth game of the season, but he got danced. He's been danced a bunch of times this season. How could they better insulate John Klingberg? I guess is my question, Frankie. He's got to, he's got to do it himself, man. Like, yeah. I don't care. You make $4 million in the NHL, figure it out. Like the guys that need to get insulated in the NHL are the young rookies or the guys that are making league minimum or less than a million dollars. And you're like, man, this guy's out of his depth and we know that. So we need to insulate him. You make $4 million, figure it out. Uh, I I don't know what to tell you. Like you want to be really careless defensively. That's on you. Teams are obviously going to give you an opportunity because you what you bring to the table offensively and that's fine and dandy, but you need to have some kind of semblance of, of playing away from the puck. It's Mm -hmm. just, there's too many players now that can score in the league. There's too many teams that are, that have like, you know, depth guys that can beat you. So it's not like, you know, like I feel like when I played, I'll give you an example. I would go out there playing for the Canucks and we play the LA Kings. And I knew that I was going on against like Clifford or Trevor Lewis. And I knew I was just going to get run shift after shift after shift. I didn't exactly like worry that they were going to fill the back of the net on me, but you look at other teams now, like Florida in the playoffs, their third line was like Lindell Bennett and Reinhardt. uh, Reinhardt. Those guys fill the back of the net, man. So like, if you're not like, if you're not ready to go, you're going to chalk up a lot of minuses. I guess what I'm saying is, yeah, like you can try and insulate him, but who are you going to insulate him with? We know who the six defensemen on this team are. Like if there's a seventh guy, he's not coming up and he's not going to be the answer for for John Klingberg, I was talking about this after Klingberg and McCabe got split up. The best thing for them to do, because when you look at that pairing on paper, you're like, it makes sense. Offensive guy, McCabe's yeah. pretty stout defensively, physical guy. They got to get in with the D coach, Mike Van Ryan, and they got to just crush video and go through shifts and say, okay, when you're going in, the other guy's not going in. Like when he's going to play outside the dots, you're cutting the ice in half. Like you guys need to start getting on the same page. I just, I haven't seen that yet. And I know they got split up, but that's, that would be the solution, man. Get on the same page with whoever you're playing with. So we're going back to to Bantam style X's and O's on how to play defense apparently. But <laughs> when you bring up that point of like the good teams who have those stud rock solid D men who are in front of the net and like you, you, you watch teams like that and they're just controlling their D zone. They're in control all the time, even if they don't have the puck and to have that on your team, it's such, it's so nice. You're just confident in them. And there's so much trust where when you watch the Leafs, sometimes it looks like panic mode. It's like panic mode. They're spinning around going, who's, who's going there. Who's got that guy. And they're spinning around going, what? Who? Where? No. And it's like, Holy shit, man, you're scrambling all over the place. And, Listening to what you just talked about with that and then the holes in the front end where some lines aren't complete and you're mixing guys up and putting guys where they shouldn't be, it starts to lean towards they need to make a substantial change to this. And there's no way you can make a substantial change to this roster without doing something to the core for blowing it up. Call it that if you want, but moving someone out in order to change this team. And if it continues, like Nick said, six weeks of this stuff, of, of what we just watched the last couple of games, that's the only option because, like you say, they're so highly rated as a Stanley Cup contender. And then you look at it and you go, why are they? Because they've got four or five, you know, high-octane, highlight reel type guys. When is the last time that's won the Stanley Cup? 
look at the guys who win the Stanley Cups. They're mm-hmm. they're riddled with defensive juggernauts, and they have sick goaltending, and then a, a, a massive group of forwards with studs on the top, and then just depth all the way down. They can get it done, like you say, third lines that can score tons of goals. We're starting to. As we talk, I'm starting to get a little worried here. Uh, you know what? It's fair. Just to go back to that like D zone thing. So like I I, I played for Keith, so I kind of know like the philosophies there as far as breaking the puck out. They're a team that they go like the D man goes back for the puck, and a lot of time it's like a strong side play or try and bump something to the middle. And I kind of learned after playing for Keith. I went to Belleville. I played for Troy Mann, and he would say we don't call it a rim. We call it a bypass. And essentially what we're trying to do is bypass the forecheck and push the battle out into the neutral zone. So, and that was one of the things I had to adjust to because I was always going back for pucks and it was like this frantic thing where someone's forechecking me and I'm doing a shoulder check to see where I'm going to bump this thing to when I could just make life a little simpler on myself and just bypass the forecheck and get it into the hands of the wingers. Like the Penguins who admittedly like, you know, last year wasn't a great year for them. But like Mike Sullivan's philosophy is let's get the puck out of the hands of the D-men as quick as possible and get it into the forwards because those are the guys that should be handling the pill. Like I I would like to see a little more of that philosophy where, you know, you just you push it up the ice, you you push the battle up the ice, you gain territory. Right. And and that way you play like a three quarter ice game where you're not spending as much time in your own zone. And Rosie, to your point, it doesn't become this frantic thing. I thought last night they did a better job of limiting like odd man rushes rush chances so that was you know that was the one positive i take out of that game as much as it was maybe a low event game for the leafs i felt like it was a lower event game for the panthers but like i would like to see them take advantage of a team every once in a while like that team was missing montour ekblad they don't have gudis they don't have mark stall like i would have just liked to see them go pedal to the metal full throttle and it's not even about like it wasn't even going to be about like running guys out of the building it was just going to be like hey we're coming into town here we're a little ornery because things haven't gone well and we're just going to step on the gas pedal for 60 minutes and fill the back of the net and then like you know how it is everyone feels good Going back into the room after a bunch of the boys got their cookies, right? Like everyone's feeling good about that kind of stuff. That's it, elbow room. Um, yeah. And so, you know what? Like I, I get it because I get what you're saying too about, you know, maybe moving a, a big piece because last year with the way things ended, I think a lot of us thought, how do you go on with the same group, right? And if, and if you're going to make a substantial change to the team, the way the complexion of the team looks – it basically came down to two guys. It was going to be, you're going to move on from Marner or you're going to move off from Nylander. And they decided to bring everyone back after looking at the way things, you know, went in the off season. I, 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 I was of the, I was of the belief. It's like, you got to move on from one of these guys. You got to change things. But I just wonder like, who are you bringing in that makes you better? I, I, I don't know. I juggle back and forth with it and, and they're both valid to me, but I, I really do juggle back and forth with it. Like, does one defenseman make you a better team? You're still going to have deficiencies, you know, yeah. like, because yeah. because now you're going to lose a big piece up front. It's, you know, there's a lot of external factors, whether it's the cap or, um, you know, players that you just are not available to you. But I, I agree with you, Rosie. If you're really going to change the identity of the team, like it probably in order to bring in elements that change the identity, it would have had to have been, 
you know, one of those two guys and they decided not to. And now this is the path that they're on and they're going to have to make it work internally. Yeah, it's it's I mean, it's one thing to play armchair GM and I get that. It's another thing to actually to conduct business like people want to see the Kachuk trade. I'm sorry. There's just not Kachuks out there. where you are like, let's get this guy and put him on our roster. Let's let's, uh, you know, swap him for like a Mitch Marner. It just doesn't work that way. And you guys know this. You played in the league. Uh, the other thing I noticed, Frankie, that's uh, really, really evident. They're not playing with speed like the pace. I think they're playing really, really slow. And I, I think I have to credit Florida. Like Paul Maurice is clearly onto something. And I think it's almost lazy to say, oh, they got Bobrovsky. They got goalie again. But like, they're not playing with the pace and speed they should be playing with. Like if you watch that third period, the last 10 minutes, dude, they were flying. And I know Gregor played a lot. Matthews is buzzing out there, Marner. But I want to see them consistently play with that pace. Like utilize your speed, no? Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And you know what? So I, I've been doing the games at Scotiabank Arena with the Tapman for a couple yeah. of years now. And we've kind of seen a little bit of a, a transformation of the team. It, it's it's subtle, but, you know, what makes the Leafs hard to play against when they're at their best, it's quite obvious. You know, they're, they're not going to run you out of the building. But what they do is if you're an opponent, you look at it after the game. And if the Leafs had a really good game, you say, man, I didn't touch the puck a lot. And then you also look at it and say, man, I was chasing it and I, I'm, I'm exhausted because those guys were fast tonight. They were flying up and down the ice. They were making decisions really fast in the offensive zone. They spread us out and I had to go from the corner to the front of the net back to the corner again. That's when they're at their best. They haven't really found that yet. And if that's going to be what makes them hard to play against, that's going to be something that, you know, in an 82 game season, it's going to have to be like, 80% of the time, that's the idea. And you're going to win and lose with that, but that's the identity that you're going to have to have because they're not going to have the so-called B game where, hey, we don't have the speed tonight. We don't have the legs. We don't have the jump. We're just not executing. Let's go take a, like, like, let's take a shot at these guys on the way out. Like, let's kind of beat the wheels off them a little bit. Let's like scrum it up in front of the net. Let's get a star player in the corner, give them an extra shot. You don't really see any of that gamesmanship with, with the team. Mm -hmm. And if that's not what they're going to do, that's not what they're going to do. But the speed factor, the decision-making, like they need to have the other team in the dressing room after the game saying, man, that was hard because they were really fast and I never had the puck and I'm exhausted because of it. And it's like the, it's, it's almost like they think it should be easy. Like they've been patted on the back. They've seen the reports throughout the summer. Oh, they're a contender. So we're going to go out there and we're just going to contend. It's just going to happen. And it's not the stuff you just mentioned, Frankie, is all things that you have to consciously do to bring the speed to, to reinvent kind of your, your, your approach to the game when things aren't going on to change things on the fly. It's all a conscious thing that takes effort and, and a commitment to doing it. It doesn't just happen. And sometimes when you watch this team play, you're like, do you, who you guys just expect it just to happen. And I don't care who you are. Look back at those teams, look back at like the wings back in the day and, and the avalanche and the avalanche of, of this era. And like how, look at how they win. Look at what they do. It doesn't just happen. Nobody shows up in this league and just wins. You have to make it happen. The best teams are the ones with, yeah, they got skill and talent, but holy smokes, do they ever put the effort out there and put the hammer down every night and make teams win? And when they got it all going on and they catch a team snoozing, they smoke them in it and just yeah. expose them. And this team just doesn't do that. They just, they just kind of do the bare minimum. And sometimes they're good enough to get by with a win when they do that. And then other times it's just like, are you kidding me? 
Well, as you know, if you want to be a one-line team or a two-line team in the NHL and, you know, have a really good power play and expect to win a lot of games, like there's, I think there's a certain ceiling that you can have as that kind of team. And I've played on some good teams in my life, whether it was in the minors um, and I played on some bad teams. The teams that I played on that were good, everyone kind of knew their defined role and they did it to the best of their abilities. And it was almost like this pack mentality where there's a level of competitiveness within the group that kind of says like, okay, that's the first line. They went out there. They worked their asses off. That was a great offensive zone shift. What am I going to follow that up with, with my line? And, and the same goes for me on, on defense. Like that's, that's how we would think all the time. You know, I, I, I'd see some, you know, the deep pair before me go out, beautiful, crisp breakout pass up the middle. And I'm going on the ice thinking, Oh man, I want to do that too, because we're humming tonight. And it's like this, it's like this pack mentality that you need to have um, in order to succeed and be a really good team. Like right now, I kind of see like Matthews is an animal. Like I, I see Matthews right now as an absolute animal. He's going in on the four check on the penalty kill and he's stripping Gus Forsling, getting right through his arms, taking it hard to the net. And I'm like, this guy, like this guy is doing what he needs to do to me. Like it reminds me like for a brief time played for the penguins played with Sid and I got to see it firsthand how hard this guy works every day at practice and the intensity that he had in the games and everyone followed suit because they knew that he was the best player on the team. And if you're not that guy, you better fall in line for me. Matthews is at that level and he's doing that right now. It's just everyone else needs to find a way to kind of fall in line a little bit more and elevate what they're doing. Because as, as far as like the number one player on the team, I have no issues with what he's brought to the table this year. No, he's been an absolute monster. And I was going to ask you to wrap up. Did, did Mike Babcock ever ask you for your phone to see your pictures? Mike Babcock. I don't even think he knew your my guy. name most days. I, <laughs> I think he just kind of like looked at me and was like, who let this guy in here? Like, is he just, is he job shadowing someone today? Like what's <laughs> that's nice. They gave him a hoodie and running shoes. That's cool. He's part of the, what is he like the new stick boy? <laughs> Ouch. Ouch yeah. on yourself. Hey, what was your reaction to that when you saw that? I honestly wasn't surprised. Like, no. I don't think this guy went away and did any kind of repenting. Just having known the kind of guy he is, he talks in the third person. Like, think about that. He talks <laughs> in the third person. So anyone who's talking in the third person, chances are they're doing that kind of stuff. So it just, yeah, it, it didn't surprise me. It's, I feel bad for the guys in Columbus that had to go through that before the season even started. It's such a distraction. Um, but it, it doesn't surprise me that he's, he's still got the circus act going. And to be honest with you, I don't feel bad for him at all because he's a bad guy and he got what he deserved and he probably should have had it come into him sooner. But it's a shame because if you sit in a video room and you watch some hockey with the guy, you'll actually learn a thing or two. If you go out there and, and, play through one of his practices. He he runs a great practice. The stuff on the bench, like I never thought he was great on the bench. I think he's really stubborn. Um like he'll he's the kind of guy he's got such an ego. It's like, you know, the other team needs to adjust to what I'm doing. I'm not adjusting to them. All right, have fun. Lose your game then. Um but yeah, I just I wasn't surprised at all. It's a shame because he can offer players a lot better 
Um, but he chooses to have a big ego and, and conduct his business in a, in a circus like way. Fair enough. Um, you are the poster boy for the whole Mike Babcock situation. So I wanted to get your opinion on that. Great insight today, man. I, it's, it's, it's amazing to me. Like we're four games into this thing and already like this, this guy just seems to be flawed. I think we're just all tired of this BS. Like I just want to see the same team more times than not. And unfortunately, Rosie and I sit down to watch a hockey game. We have no clue which team's going to show up. Yeah. Hey, listen, you know yeah. what? I, I got to say before, before I get off here, I remember playing against Rosie. I think Rosie would have been with Lehigh Valley at the time. And I was mm-hmm. playing for the Marlies. Yeah. And there was a few tough guys on that team that you guys had. And I remember going out for a game, just thinking, don't say anything to anyone out there. <laughs> <laughs> because there, there's, there's a good chance the wrong guy can grab you today. So just shut mm. up and just go like play a nice quiet game. So that's, that's what I remember about playing against Rosie in the minors. Well, thanks buddy. I think that's all I had. So that's, uh, that's all there was. I was just trying not to have you dangle me on a breakout. <laughs> hey, you know what? You read the game notes. You got to know who's on the other side, right? Very true guy, and a very fun guy. fact as well. Jay Rosehill scored uh, his first ever goal in his third career game, right, Rosie? Oh, yeah. I made sure everyone remembered that uh, yesterday, yeah. didn't I? Yes, <laughs> I did. Thanks for this, Frankie. Yeah. See you guys. Thanks, Frank Zoid. I love how you have a nickname for every guy, but uh, I thought that was great insight. Like, obviously, you know, you both played the position in the back end. Like, that's that's the glaring hole for me right now is like the blue line and watching Klingberg. McCabe was better last night, but watching some of these guys, like, oh boy, there's a lot of work ahead of this team. Yeah, there is, and there's a lot of work ahead of pretty much every team that isn't five and zero yeah. right now. So True. it is what it is. Uh, we don't want to come down too hard. I want to temper that yeah. a little bit, but. That's uh, fair. You know, there are things that need to be said when you see them. And, um, you know, Frank had the same outlook on things and we understand that and it can change just as fast. So, you know, sky's not falling or anything. Like I said, if they started the the year 0-2 and and then went 2-0 after that, we'd be talking about how great they are right now. So uh, the potential's there. I think they just got to make some adjustments. I just want their culture to change a little bit within their mindset and, uh, and they'll be all right. Hey, everybody in the chat's agreeing with us, so I think we're doing something right. Uh, the Wendy's Daily Face-Off Survivor Pool is set to launch on Monday, October 23rd, so that's coming up on Monday. It's a season-long NHL fantasy game sponsored by Wendy's. Everything will run through dailyfaceoff.com, so you'll create a username and password and be able to play along just like that. It's a Monday to Saturday Survivor contest where users will be able to make their selection each day in advance accordingly. Prizes will only be eligible to those users who are resident in Canada, except the province of Quebec. Prizing will vary on Wendy's is a weekly menu items. Also, there'll be a season long prize of $5,000 up for grabs as well as we take a look briefly and quickly here at the uh, Leafs lightning game coming up tomorrow night. So a uh, rematch it's game two of this uh, five game road trip as well. Um, you know, we wonder if Tyler Bertuzzi is going to play. He was banged up. That's why they went with yarn croak on the top line for the most part last night, but no Vasilevsky. Um, it, it's going to be an interesting night. Cause I, I want to see some bounce back here, but you know, Tampa is going to bring their best, right? Yeah, bounce back is right. It's uh it's nice because you got a team with, you know, it's like a similar storyline going into mm-hmm. it. And, you know, you dropped the ball last night. Let's see how they respond. Do you understand what happened? And are you willing to, you know, uh redefine who you are? You go back to the drawing board. Are you gonna approach this game differently? You got a chance to do it here tomorrow night. So that's exciting. It's nice we can get right back on the horse, get this, uh, get this road trip going here and start something special, get the ball rolling. 
that's all you can hope for. I imagine there's not a whole lot of happy campers there this morning. They're doing their videos they're doing their meetings and they got to bring something different tomorrow night. I just hope they're not in the golf course right now. And they're actually looking back at last night's game and saying, Hey, what could we have done differently? Because we've seen that act before. Speaking of which, Rosie, it's time for the generous guy. Generosity lives in the small things. Crown Royal crown everything. I wish I could take a shot right now, but the bottle's behind me. Who is your uh, generous guy for the week here, Rosie? Generous guy's a buddy of mine. I had some problems with some lights on my house, and he knew what he was doing, and he lives he lives 45 minutes away. He cruises in. He goes, I'll help you out, Rosie, and he gets on my roof, and he's dicking around, and there's these problems, and he's troubleshooting. He's pulling stuff off, and I'm going, my God. I'm like, I got to give you some money, buddy. Uh, what can I buy you? What booze do you drink? And he's like, just shut up. Stop, man. He's like, you're a buddy. You're in need, and I'm, I'm going to help you out, and he's called his wife. Hey, you got to get the kids. Uh, we're still troubleshooting some stuff, and I was like, geez, man, I feel bad. And he brought up the fact that, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I swung by his house with a new hockey stick because he said he played beer league hockey and shot left. And he's like, you do that kind of stuff. We're friends, man. This is what you do. And I'm like, man, what a good guy. You know, those guys that are just good guys. Levi, you're my guy today. You're the generous guy today, Levi. My generous guy is producer Aaron Bordado. He's an Ooh. Oilers fan. He is up against it today. Again, they lose to the Philadelphia Flyers. And you do a lot of great things for us behind the scenes and during the show as well. So we appreciate you. You're my generous guy. There's no way to be generous. There's endless ways and a crown for everyone. Crown Royal, crown everything. I'm going to have some crown this weekend. So maybe when we come back on Monday, that bottle's going to be half full, especially if they lose on Saturday to the Le- or to the Lightning. You might just delete that bottle if they lose to the Lightning oh, on Saturday. I'm, I'm trending that way, buddy. Uh, the Botano wrap-up is presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Um, the, the positive story last night, if there was one, Mitch Marner scored a goal. We were all over the Mitch Marner anytime goal. Uh, tonight, there's only a couple games. I'm not crazy about the card. Timo Meyer is a guy I would look at with the New Jersey Devils off to a really, really cold start. But even looking at tomorrow's game, I'm forecasting a bounce back for the Leafs. I think they sort of, I don't want to say this, I'm careful. I think they have Tampa's number. The number I would look at is the over six and a half in that game, man. Like the Leafs goaltending hasn't been great. I've I've said all I need to say about Tampa's goaltending and Jonas Johansson. So I like the over in the game tomorrow night, but I want to see a least victory. I want to see that gumption, that urgency. I think the hangover is going to be done from the Halloween party, Rosie. I think you called him the most brutal goalie in the league. He if is we the worst the goalie team. statistically uh, in this league. You know, it's yeah, tough because I do work for the NHL. Enough. I got to be careful, but he isn't good. And no, and I, like I, I like it. I like it. The point I was making, regardless of that was the fact that a team like Tampa, regardless of who's in between the pipes, if it's a, it's a fucking Zamboni driver, you want to go. I was there for the Zamboni game against Carolina. That was another, I need a two-hour show to break down what I saw that night from the Maple Leafs. But again, very similar to the team we saw last night in the third period against Carolina with a Zamboni driver there. But nevertheless, what I was stressing is that Tampa is a different team where they seem to rise up to the occasion. They, they, they have no business having multiple wins in the season with that guy as their number one goalie. That's all I'm saying, Rosie. Well, it shows they know how to get it done. But if our big boys yeah. come out and play with some gumption, they can yeah. uh, light them up. We're looking for a bounce back game. So I don't mind those bets at all from your Batano segment. Rosie, I thought you played with some gumption today. I, you know, again, not to pat ourselves in the back, but I thought this was a pretty good therapy session. We brought Frankie in to get his thoughts. The chat was on fire. Again, the sky is not falling. But again, we're putting everything into perspective, right? 
Yeah, I didn't mind it. We were venting a little bit, and we uh, I didn't know what to do with this show. I didn't know what to say, and better. we found our words, and we found yeah. our way through it. And I think what we did is talked about our feelings a little bit, vented about what things were. And now that we're back to neutral, we're going to say, hey, this guy is not falling. We are 500. We got a good chance in front of us on Saturday night. Looking forward to it. Pumped for the boys. Change your mentality. Stroke those lightning, boys. <laughs> okay. It's pretty good ending to the show, so we'll leave it at that. At the Leafs Nation 401, where you can subscribe on YouTube. Many thanks to Frankie Corrado for dropping by. Uh, again, uh, search Leafs Morning Take wherever you find your podcasts. And uh, props to my generous guy, Aaron Bordado. Levi as well. That's Jay Rosell. I'm Nick Alberga. We'll talk again on Monday. Have a great weekend. Thank you for watching Leafs Morning Take. Hit the subscribe button to never miss a show. And for more, visit theleafsnation.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.